ശ്രവണം മനനം നിധിധ്യാസനം ലെസൺ റിഫ്ലക്ട് ആൻഡ് അബ്സോർബ് ഡിയർ ലിസ്ണേഴ്സ് സായിറാം ആൻഡ് വെൽക്കം ടു അവർ റേഡിയോ സീരീസ് ഇൻ വിച്ച് എ ഡിവൈൻ ഡിസ്കോഴ്സ് ബൈ ഭഗവാൻ ഇസ് പ്ലേഡ് ഇൻ സ്മോൾ പാർട്സ് ആൻഡ് ഫോളോയിങ് ഈച്ച് പാർട്ട് എ ഷോർട്ട് ഡിസ്കഷൻ ഇസ് അണ്ടർടേക്കൺ ടു റിഫ്ലക്ട് ഓൺ ദ മെസ്സേജ് This is a part of Radio Sai's Thursday Live hosted by Prem from Radio Sai and Hari Shankar from Sri Satya Sai Central Trust every Thursday at 7:30 p.m. only on Asia Stream of Radio Sai Global Harmony. Today's episode was first broadcast live on 11th August 2016. The discourses undertaken for study in this program are from the series of discourses delivered as part of summer course in Indian culture and spirituality 1991 have a listen please listeners to this week's shravanam mananam nadhyasanam this is prem from team radio sai and we're here to start this week's episode but along with hari shankar from the sri satyasai central trust who has been joining us every week we also have somebody i can't call him a guest but of course let's say he's making a a return to our program sai prakash is here and uh, we are very glad to have him on our show So before we begin I offer my most loving pranams on behalf of all of us here at Swami's Lotus Feet Sairam Hari and Sairam Sai Prakash Sairam Prem hmm. Sairam Prem So nice to have you back again after a <laughs> long time That's right I'm really happy to be here as well and um looking at Prashno Upanishad many questions come to my mind <laughs> very profound topic as such I mean, of course every discourse of swami is profound in its own way nothing to take away from that but as a topic as we were discussing the last week about uh, the upanishads itself you know how they don't go into that long introduction uh, and uh, an elaborate build up of the theme where it f- you know very quickly comes to the the essence of their whole discussion mm. starts with a question then starts with a great answer and how that is uh, in a way just gives it in uh, in a very very short capsule and this prashnopanishad especially we said it revolves around those few questions that few students ask their teachers you know it's interesting because in this very place when we were having the previous episode shravanam mananam 1990 series uh, professor venkatraman was the guest here okay. for one of those uh, sessions and um, with a lot of uh, uh, modest <laughs> modesty i said sir i have a question possibly a stupid question he said there are no stupid questions there are only stupid answers <laughs> a question is a question there is no stupid question as such it's interesting because students are always encouraged to ask questions the more you ask questions the more you learn and i guess uh, this is a pointer in that direction right but with a small difference that in fact in in this prashnopanishad we see the the teacher is actually waiting for the student to ask a discerning 
kind of question okay uh, what happens is the students they are initially very enthusiastic mm-hmm. uh, first of all they all come from backgrounds where they have been in such uh, mm. uh, families like where you know they've had sages in their own families like they're the sons of sages right, right. who are right. so they already lived uh, grown up and immersed in a background of learning about vedanta about brahman but they're now coming to a sage who they know like he's the pinnacle okay. of that learning right oh okay and so when they come to him so all are like you can imagine that they're all mm. enthusiastic and mm. eager to know get the secret like right away mm. he says wait for one year <laughs> <laughs> thank god it's not like these end stories which we usually hear you know 12 years in 20 years, years and years. such things <laughs> but the interesting thing especially when you're talking about questions one thing which comes to my mind is there are two things which swami says one is as you're saying the students are always encouraged to ask questions and swami would also do that you know when there are sessions when students are there uh, swami would say ask questions you know do you have anything to ask right but at the same time swami says samshayatma vinashyate you know you should mm. not have doubts mm. Mm. so that's a very interesting difference between doubts and questions and uh, i think whenever we ask swami also when you ask a question you probably you should not have any doubt that you will get the answer mm-hmm. you may or may not understand it i mean as uh, the sage was saying that you probably need a little bit more preparation before you are able to uh, you know comprehend the answer but you don't ask with a doubt you know will the guru give me the right answer mm. or not mm. probably that's where the difference between doubt and question is and you ask to know not you know exactly the attitude the, <laughs> the attitude to questioning is more of acquisition of knowledge rather right. than you know doubt as such right rather than uh, uh whether he's going to tell me the truth or whether he's not going to tell me the truth it's more of what is it kind of curious and enquiry i think enquiry is a better term compared to right. um yeah. doubt and samshaya the classic example which always comes to my mind is you know most of these scientists they always will start with a very very basic question probably a question that most of us would have left yeah you know and uh, i think it's louis pasteur who made that remarkable comment mm-hmm. you when know, somebody asked him that so much of scientific invention and discovery seems to be serendipitous mm-hmm. uh, everything is like you know nobody's worked for it someone's working for uh, microwaves and ends up finding radio waves and somebody's right. working on uh, some electrical thing and ends up finding something else right and uh, they ask him you know wh- so why should uh, scientific education be given so much preference mm. so then he makes this beautiful statement he says luck favors a trained mind mm. oh okay so yes. even if it is happening in front of you to be mm. able to uh, sense that there is something in it is you need that training before and i think that's what uh, this upanishad is about where the guru says that you know you're not yet ready to ask that question so and that one year is a training period and in fact we have actually gone one step into the thing we have not yet played the clip where that one year part comes <laughs> <laughs> i mean as we were discussing even last week The way Swami starts the discourse is very interesting, mm-hmm. right? Because Swami yeah. starts with Paropakaram, and uh, I mean the, the one on Upanishads is supposed to be uh, the most esoteric of wisdom, but it starts by Swami saying that you know the trees live for others, the rivers live for others, and uh, driving that lesson that even if you have understood the highest of concepts, mm. how it expresses itself in daily life is when you start living your life. a meaningful life in the form of being of service to others yes i think even in the previous uh, discourse we <clears throat> the topic there was kenopanishad again a very esoteric and a very profound uh, 
you know upanishad but again the preface right right at the beginning and to even towards the end the final conclusion was that these are the ways of action that come out of the study of you know this upanishad right it take that that is the take home and even for us like you know like at the end of the discussion what we are looking for is okay how do i put this in action it's all you know very nice to think about the abstract uh, concept right. the logic or you know analyze it bit by bit but the final thing is like how do we put that into practice like tomorrow or mm. right now yeah, yeah. I, i keep remembering that there is this movie maya bazar mm. in telugu mm. just for a comic refrain they make the character of dushasna a comedian mm. in that one <laughs> uh-huh. so they will be sitting and plotting and you know duryodhana and shakuni mm. and all of them will be doing so every time they come up with a plan mm. dushasna will say oh that's a very nice plan takshana kartavyam enti Mm. now he keeps repeating that statement it's very catchy mm. he says okay all that planning is fine tell me what has to be done now right <laughs> now ah. that's actually a very profound uh, you know statement right. he says okay all that is fine tell me what i can start right now what yeah. i can and do I, now and i think most of us are like that mm. i mean especially when you read books which are talking of advaita and all that the question always is how can i start it right now how can i what can i do right away mm. you know rather than sitting and waiting for that to happen right and i think here swami points out that selfishness is the main thing that right. comes in the way it speaks initially about uh, paropakara and then he says how selfishness selfishness and selfishness is the only reason no we have re- literally seen swami you know hitting the table swarthamo saprayojanam swarthamo saprayojanam you know with so much of uh, can't you get these two <laughs> things out <laughs> and several times swami has you know we have repeated it over and over again but um, he says from the tip of my hair to the tip of my toe there is not an iota of selfishness yeah and i think pretty much demonstrated it throughout his life absolutely what i recall one episode and this is practically this it could have been his last physical interaction with any you know human being this is what uh, a person who was in the icu with bhagwan uh, in oh, the super speciality okay. hospital he was sharing that uh, the doctor venugopal a very reputed uh, cardiac specialist from the all india institute of medical sciences so he was called in and when he comes and uh, you know he uh, comes to see bhagwan like in the icu the first things is like he asks swami like how are you right mm-hmm. and like and of course there's a lot of pain there's a lot of discomfort and through all that swami says anandam he says i am happy see even at that moment when we would have all chosen to pour out our woes and hmm. ask for a little bit of attention at that time even then swami is still spreading joy he is still spreading real true happiness right mm. giving right up to the you know right. final in fact that's what uh, <coughs> ravikma sir was saying you know in one of his talks in the mandir where when swami had that first fall and he had to hmm. undergo that surgery yes the way swami the the things which unfolded in that uh, you know during that uh, particular time each one was a lesson in itself mm-hmm. uh, they prayed to swami that in a surgery has to be done then swami said no initially and then swami mm. said okay do it mm. but i'll come only to the general hospital mm. and uh, they told swami swami will take you to some of the best hospitals in the city mm. and swami said why what is good for my devotees is good for me yes Wow. you know and till mm. the end that, that's something mm. which swami maintained mm. and even to that you know when they took him to the general hospital apparently mm. uh, one of the doctors were going to operate on swami he was there 
and Swami is literally being taken in the stretcher and Swami is looking at him and Swami is saying that yeah, I had promised you that I'll call your family for an interview when your <laughs> sister comes. So apparently his sister had come and mm. Swami was saying when I come back, I will call all of them. Tell them, you know, tell them Swami will call. He's saying that, you know, even at that moment, as you're saying that mm. we all seek attention at the time when, you know, when uh, your body starts ailing. I remember one elderly gentleman used to be in Mandir. And in, uh, we meet him after a long time, we will ask him, Uncle, how are you? Mm. So he will tell, no, no, I'm not fine. <laughs> because of course, he used to have health problems. Yeah. So typically, you know, when we are ailing, we need that attention. But yeah. you know, Swami was all the time <coughs> thinking of the others. I remember another teacher, he had the fortune of like, again, attending to Swami physically. Mm-hmm. And uh, he mentioned this to me. He said like, really, when Swami makes that statement that I'm selfless from top to toe, he said he means it. Like he really doesn't have that much attention on what he needs, right? Like he was giving one example. He said that uh, once they had gone to, you know, clean uh, Swami's bathroom and Swami has gone to Darshan. So they decided like this is one of their duties. They go there and they realize that for two days, Swami, the soap had run out, you know, it was like, and he has not asked them. He literally doesn't ask anything for himself. He did not go and ask them like, uh, please replace the... Uh, soap in my bathroom he said for every such thing we have to find out ourselves mm-hmm. what does Swami need you know is is Swami thirsty is Swami is he hungry now right. what does he need that is something that we have to ask him and only then he will accept that mm-hmm. yes mm-hmm. this is needed till mm-hmm. then no <laughs> another incident which I remember is in Trai Vrindavan uh, you know we have that uh, marble flooring mm-hmm. in the steps right. when it comes so one day some Swami was coming out and uh, Swami called Dr. Padmanabhan. He was an elderly gentleman about almost 80 years or something. Mm. So when he came running to Swami, he slipped on that floor and he fell. Mm. Okay, Nobody uses those steps more than Swami does. Okay, mm. Mm. So the first thing would have been like, you know, Swami must have thought, I'm the same age, you know, I might also <laughs> slip like this. Mm. And that too with Swami's flowing robe and all that. But the moment uh, Dr. Padnavan fell, you know, Swami immediately called uh, one of the doctors who were there and Swami called up, called one of the teachers and told him, call up his home and tell him that he won't be coming for lunch today. Hmm. Ask him to take a rest here and all of that. And the next thing which Swami was thinking is, he, he walks so slowly and he slipped. Our boys come running. You know, if this floor is slippery, what will happen if they fall? Oh. Okay. And by that evening, you know, mm. this happened in the morning. By that evening, there was this rubber mat which was, right. you know, they got it arranged there. Mm. Because the first thing Swami is thinking, like, what happened if the boys will come and they'll fall? That level of all the time thinking of others, and you mm. know, Swami says, culture is nothing but concern for others. Right. Right. And uh, I think that was pretty much the uh, what we played last time. Of course, Swami starts the concept of the seen and the unseen, and the unseen being the mm. basis for the scene. Where uh, you know, padartha is the object, whether parartha is the uh, you know unseen basis for what is there. Yeah, the adhyam and adharam. Adharam. Right. So I think that's where we stopped last time. So we'll yes. go to the next clip and we'll discuss after that. Beings exist because of the life principle or prana. Within the living beings or prani is the life principle or prana. Matter and energy. 
This was referred to by Vedic science and modern science as matter and energy which is related to each other. Shiva Shakti Yokka Rasasvabhavamane Tuntiti Kudanu Ekattamayana Tuntiti Yokka Divyattamutu Kudanudane Tuntiti Satyani Yokka Prasnopanishadu Prabhananga Viparishtu Ochindi Prasnopanishad emphatically declares this truth that this divine unity is the essential nature of the Shiva Shakti principle. Karuka Vaidnana Munakani Therefore, there is no contradiction between science and philosophy. We think that secular science is related to Padhartha. And we think that philosophy is related to the Parartha. The object and its basis are interdependent and coexistent. The impact of the Upanishads is in teaching this oneness. But unfortunately, today people consider the Upanishads as relating to the Paratha alone and not to the material objects. They also think that spirituality has nothing to do with the physical world. They believe the world has nothing to do with spirituality. This is a big mistake. One is the basis, the other is the manifestation. One is life force and another is life form. The synthesis of consciousness of these two is the world. Forgetting this world and having faith in divinity is also a sort of narrow-mindedness. We must strengthen the faith that there is a strong relationship between the world and the divine power. If there was no world, we would not be able to understand anything. If there was no world, we will not be able to recognize any of the truths. What we perceive as real and the ephemeral, both have world as the basis. Without this world, it would be impossible for us to achieve any victory. Strive to experience divinity, keeping the world as the basis.
కనుకనే మానవత్వంలో ఉండినటువంటి యొక్క దివ్యత్వాన్ని కొంతవరకు మనం అనుభవించాలంటే మానవత్వాన్ని కూడా మనం ఆధారం చేసుకోవాలి దేర్ ఫార్ ఇఫ్ వీ విష్ టు ఎక్స్పీరియన్స్ ఈవెన్ టు అన్ ఎక్స్టెంట్ ద డివినిటీ ఇన్హరెంట్ ఇన్ హ్యుమానిటీ వీ మస్ట్ మేక్ హ్యూమన్ నేచర్ ద ఫౌండేషన్ ఒకనొక సమయమున వన్స్ అపాన్ అ టైం ఆరు మంది విద్యార్థులు సిక్స్ స్టూడెంట్స్ వారు మహా జిజ్ఞాసులై having become aspirants of knowledge tamaku telinaatundi oka satyanni gurtinchadanni for the purpose of discovering truths that were unknown to them manavattam vachinanduku nijamainaatundi oka satyanni anveshana cheyapetame thana yokka kartavyam ani considering the inquiry into truth as the very purpose for which human birth was given jeevitham yokka parama rahasyanni telusukovalani to discover the ultimate secrets of life pipilada maharshi dagariki vacharu they approached sage pipilada akariki vachi ati viniyamu cheta namaskarinchi going there they saluted him very humbly maharshi and said great sage jagat utpatti ki kaaranam emiti manava jeevitham yokka paramavathi emiti what is the reason for the creation of this world what is the goal of human life maaku bodhinchi మా సంశయాన్ని తీర్చమని ప్రార్థించారు ప్లీజ్ టీచర్స్ అండ్ క్లియర్ ఆర్ డౌట్స్ దే ప్రేడ్ దస్ పిపిలాదుడు చెప్పాడు దెన్ పిపిలాదా సెడ్ నాయల్లారా ఇట్టి జిజ్ఞాస మీకు రావటము చాలా అదృష్టమే డియర్ వన్స్ టు హావ్ దిస్ క్వెస్ట్ ఫర్ నాలెడ్జ్ ఇస్ యువర్ ఫార్చ్యూన్ కానీ ప్రతి ఒక్క దానికి కూడా ఒక అధికారం ఉండాలి బట్ ఇన్ ఎవ్రీ కేస్ దేర్ నీడ్స్ టు బి సర్టన్ క్వాలిఫికేషన్ ఈ అధికారము లేనటువంటి యొక్క తత్వంలో మేమిచ్చే ఆన్సర్ కూడా మీరు అర్థం చేసుకోలేదు వెన్ యూ డు నాట్ ప్రొసెస్ సచ్ ఎలిజిబిలిటీ యూ విల్ నాట్ బి ఏబుల్ టు అండర్స్టాండ్ ది ఆన్సర్ దట్ ఐ గివ్ ప్రతి చిన్న విషయమును కూడా దానికి తగినటువంటి అధికారం ఉంటుండాలి ఈవెన్ ఫర్ ద స్మాలెస్ట్ ఆఫ్ థింగ్స్ వన్ నీడ్స్ ది నెససరీ ఎలిజిబిలిటీ ఒక పేషెంట్ కు మందు ఇవ్వాలనుకుంటే అతను డాక్టర్ అధికారంలో ఉంటుండాలి టు డిస్పెన్స్ మెడిసిన్ టు అ పేషెంట్ you need the qualification of a doctor to construct a bridge you need the qualification of an engineer adhe vidhamane jagatunandu nitya jeevithamulo manam anubhavinchetunti prati vishayamunu kunu oka adhikaram untundali similarly everything that we experience in day to day life calls for a certain eligibility paatranu puraskarinchukoni e padarthamu aadharanga untuntadi The material is stored after considering the nature of the container. Kanuka, mee yokka vaancharu uttamainatuntivi. So your desires are noble. Kaani kontha kaalamnu teeskoni chakkaga vicharana salipi nitya nitya vishaya parisilana salipi tadvaradini artham cheskuntaku gurtinchandi. But take some time and quite sincerely discriminate between the eternal and the ephemeral and then try to understand. తొందరపాటు మంచిది కాదు ఇట్ ఇస్ నాట్ గుడ్ టు బి ఇన్ హేస్ట్ కనుక ఈ తొందరపాటు చేతని మనము తెలుసుకోవాల్సినటువంటి యొక్క పరమ సత్యాన్ని కూడా మనం దూరమైపోతున్నాం ఇట్ ఇస్ బికాస్ ఆఫ్ హేస్ట్ దాట్ వీఆర్ గోయింగ్ ఫర్దర్ ఫ్రమ్ ద గ్రేటర్ ట్రూత్ వీ మస్ట్ రియలైజ్ ఈ తొందరపాటు వల్ల మనం కాలమును కర్మమును కాయమును కూడా వ్యర్థముగా ఆవించుకుంటాం బికాస్ ఆఫ్ దిస్ హేస్ట్ వీఆర్ వేస్టింగ్ టైమ్ యాక్షన్స్ అండ్ ఈవెన్ ఆర్ బాడీ జీవితం రావటమే పరమావధి యొక్క తత్వము కమింగ్ టు లైఫ్ ఇస్ ఇట్ సెల్ఫ్ ది ఎసెన్స్ ఆఫ్ ది అల్టిమేట్ గోల్ 
పరమావధిని గుర్తించవలనన్నా మీరు తగినటువంటి ఒక ఓపికను సాధించాలి to understand the ultimate purpose you must develop the necessary patience haste will lead us to many losses kanupani haste makes waste waste makes worry so do not be in a hurry that is why it is said haste makes waste waste makes worry so do not be in a hurry pillalara children meer tondara paatunaku e maatram kudu munde cheyeyakudu never take any step in haste kanukar శాంతముతో దీనిని సాధించుటకై కొంతకాలం ఆశ్రమనందుండి ఆజ్ఞను పాలించి కొంతకాలం మీరు జీవించండి అని పిప్పిలాదుడు సమాధానం చెప్పాడు పిప్పిలాదా దెన్ సెడ్ టు అచీవ్ దిస్ పీస్ఫుల్లీ స్టే ఇన్ ది ఆశ్రమ్ ఫర్ అ వైల్ ఫాలో కమాండ్స్ అండ్ స్పెండ్ సమ్ టైమ్ దట్ వాస్ ది సెకండ్ క్లిప్ ఫ్రమ్ దట్ డిస్కోర్స్ as i was saying that that part of the one year <laughs> which we mentioned actually comes in this clip so we gave a sneak preview before we played the clip itself we were in a haste rather <laughs> right <laughs> but i think that initial part that introduction is very uh, very beautiful what swami speaks about the upanishads and uh, you know how we misunderstand that the upanishads are concerned only with the spiritual matters mm. and the science is concerned with the worldly matters in fact i think in one of the discourses swami says this you know the problem is you know when, when you speak about the four purushartas hmm. dharma artha kama moksha swami says the problem today is that uh, man thinks that if you're worldly you can stop with dharma artha and kama mm-hmm. oh. and if you're a spiritual person you have to deal only with moksha and not with the rest of the three oh okay so swami says you know both is wrong you know right. a person who, who is having a spiritual bent should not think that i have nothing to do with artha dharma and kama hmm. and the person who is in the world should not think that i have nothing to do with moksha let me my concern is only with the three yes in fact when i joined here as a student in for, for my mba i too had this same you know uh, misapprehension that when you come here you basically you got to give yourself ev- totally to you know like swami you devote yourself so much but at the same time swami was going on asking us like okay how much did you score in this subject why is scoring less mm. like at every point of time he demanded excellence in no matter what you're doing like if if you're given yourself to your academics if you're given yourself to you know sports cultural activities he demanded excellence from everything that you did right there's no sphere where your attention had to be taken off so the main thing was that that attention was spirituality right right your ability to shine your attention on everything that you do being fully there on what you're doing for swami that was spirituality like uh, I, i recall sitting you know during the darshan sessions right at some point of time somebody had asked me so what is that spiritual practice which swami recommends for all of you the, i couldn't recall like a specific meditation mm-hmm. or a specific you know this is as watching so i thought let me take a cue from those who are very sitting very close to bhagwan like those students who are attending to bhagwan and i thought like what is the spiritual practice that they're getting right now and i realized that when they're sitting there right next to swami they have to be so aware of the small signs which swami does or the very subtle things that he says and expects them to understand and execute and that they cannot do without having their complete attention and awareness on what is happening right then and there like literally they had to have a 360 degree view 
right without right, that right. without that swami would catch them where they were shot <laughs> <laughs> so that i realized that is the training that swami was giving them you know right yeah. like swami tells a beautiful analogy for that you know he says <clears throat> like the mother whose child is in the uh, crib you know the mother is cooking she's doing all the other works around but swami would say her attention is all the time in the yes. uh, you know yes. whether yeah. the child is calling out or is the yeah. child moving around crawling around and if you look at it swami doesn't say that it's okay to put a pinch of salt more in the food hmm. yeah. <laughs> because your mind is you know on on the child i think swami was suggesting that you know the lady of the house is with practice probably got so much proficiency hmm. that she can do the other activities of the house hmm. without giving that 100% attention right. but her focus is always there on the child right. so swami would say that it's like that you're in the world your focus should always be in god on god hmm. but at the same time you're not uh, you know you're not uh, giving up the activities you're supposed to do yes and you continue to do that i think that comes only when you know that practice is there in fact it's very interesting because when i was in chennai a few days back mm-hmm. um there were people who were absolutely new to the sai fold okay and so we got talking and very you know they have the stereotyped uh, imagination of what an ashram is yeah. and they have uh, a preconcluded notions that of course there should be yoga and of course there will be a, a one week long course and you will be smiling 3 inches broader than we went when you <laughs> went in to the course yeah. or you know they have so many uh, f- uh, fads and imaginations about what uh, an ashram stands for so she, um, they were asking me like uh, what is it that is in uh, done in prashantinilayam mm-hmm. and uh, I, i'm sure there must be yoga i said no there is no yoga <laughs> <laughs> and uh, are there talks and uh, you know you, you get some experience this that i said no uh, spirituality is a very individualistic path and each one has his or her own path and then what did baba teach what did baba so you know it, it was almost coming to the same answer yes where baba says that every act that you do is spiritual hmm. in nature and you have to give your 100% live in the present and um, when i told that to some of them they were so amazed they said uh, oh my god what is meditation again it comes back to this answer what is yoga it comes back to this answer so you know uh, swami says unity of thought word and deed and all that but one way of looking at it is of course trying to achieve it and do it but then when there is love it automatically happens like the way you're saying about the mother when there is love for the child uh, you're so attuned to it that it just flows from the heart right. and everything happens in its on its own so then there is no distinction between what is spiritual and what is worldly at that moment i, I recall actually in one of swami's discourses like i think it was delivered to balvika's teachers and uh, swami is telling them that you can't separate spirituality from your everyday life activities he says like down to like when you're cutting vegetables right right the context that you set for yourself is i am uh, cutting out the ego right mm. you know i'm cutting out my selfishness hmm. right the, swami says that you have to you can bring it and this is how you bring spirituality into your everyday mm. life mm. right that's a wonderful uh, teaching mm. also going back to the discourse in the mm. first part of the segment uh, swami is talking about so the actually is giving us a prelude about the first question which was raised by the student 
and swami is talking about how prashna upanishad emphasizes this unity of like energy and matter right and right. representing like shiva and uh, shakti, shakti right? right and as just uh, recalling like again see for us a lot of things like these are actually manifest in what we saw in bhagwan's everyday life mm-hmm. and as recalling two instances one someone again he was uh, attending to bhagwan in the mandir and he said that once swami very quietly called him he said come into the interview room and is wondering what instruction swami had to give and swami pointed to a butterfly mm-hmm. which was in the interview room and swami wanted him to you know so gingerly take hold of that butterfly and release it outside swami didn't want it to be hurt in any way swami is concerned for a living being and that is understandable that is a concept of ahimsa next like how swami used to place such emphasis on that when you close the mm. the door of swami's interview room he wanted it to be that smooth you cannot like suddenly bang it like this he wanted it to be very graceful and he once explained saying that consciousness is there even in that door mm. so you have to be that mindful that respectful <laughs> of the consciousness in that door i think that is why you know you you speak of swami's grace uh gracefulness rather mm. in everything that the way he walks the way he does but that is because he was intensely conscious of the consciousness <laughs> in everything that he was handling <laughs> well the consciousness in every part of his interview room mm. is very very powerful and prevalent <laughs> you know mm. we know the story of the crying walls you know that yes i think your senior batch in, right in, uh, one uh, year senior to us they mm. were having this interview and suddenly somebody one of the boys said swami it's it's wet somewhere is leaking swami <laughs> said no the wall is shedding tears because it is so moved with the love that i'm giving all of you mm. with the love that i'm sharing with all of you we know the story of the crying sarees sarees yeah. and uh, it's so amazing <laughs> then when you start looking at everything as shiva shakti it also beautifully falls in place because you know the initial thing swami starts by saying that having that concern for others mm. in fact uh, mm. i think that 96 discourse swami was describing common sense like you know when you say common sense mm-hmm. that's a worldly thing right we don't think of it as spiritual right so the way swami defines common sense is so practical and beautiful he mm-hmm. says when where mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. what oh you know remember all these questions and act accordingly at that moment yeah so you're speaking something who are you speaking to mm-hmm. what is the situation where are you so factoring in all of this you speak and then swami goes on to explain he says you know very very uh, uh, humorously swami says you're sitting and eating food there are some things you should not speak when you're eating food mm. <laughs> you know <laughs> swami is saying that the other day somebody was serving a, a person and he's saying no no enough sir vomiting is coming <laughs> <laughs> swami said you know that's not something you say when others are sitting with you and eating food mm. see this is like common sense when you you know synthesize it with concern for others right so i'm saying it's the same what when who where but i should not hurt others feelings i should not you know in any way uh, disturb others appetite or what whatever it is right. and swami saying someone is serving to you if you don't like the dish say you know very politely don't mm. make faces mm. because there's somebody else who's eating the same dish you know somebody else might that might be the favorite dish for somebody else or even for the person who's serving it he might be the person who's cooked it yeah. mm. so swami saying that you know just politely say uh, enough or you know smile and say thank you it translates into every right, small you know, thing being every conscious small. every moment of yeah, being aware you know, being then aware, it becomes right? awareness that's right. true 
pretty much like uh, Swami is building in filters, mm-hmm. so many different kinds of filters, right? Like need not always oblige, but you can always speak obliging. Yeah, that is a filter. So mm-hmm. because your first uh, impulse maybe to say like no in the face, right? When right. Swami says no, that's mm-hmm. not how you mm-hmm. do things, right? Mm-hmm. So like this, like Swami puts in place so many. filters and like last time we were saying right so when you look at a person you say that is a man of refinement mm. and that's how swami you know builds in these kind of things he puts in these these training modules so to speak so that at the at the end of like i think i can imagine at the end of the summer course the person who entered it is like entirely different from the you know person who emerges entire right. bec- simply because of these additional filters that are put between our initial impulse and you know, who we choose to yeah, we, manifest many, many things we have seen very very small of course you know it's, it's nothing great but we mm. we have seen it happen in front of us mm. certainly not going to name the person one of my classmates mm. initially when he came typical typical behavior mm. you know you would buy a packet of chips or buy a packet of uh, some eatable it would be safely held in his cupboard mm. locked and <laughs> kept under lock and key like. and every now and then one he'll take he'll eat <laughs> So if he shares one chip <laughs> with anybody else, then your day is made. You're a very, very special person. Mm. That's how he came into the this one, and mm. you know, so possessive about all his belongings. You mm. won't share his fan as mm. <laughs> simple as that. Mm. Won't share a pen. Mm. And uh, I remember towards the end of the uh, you know year, probably during Shivratri or something. You know, we would have these prasadams which is given to everybody, mm. and there would be some special prasadam which will not come beyond the fourth row. Sometimes, you mm. know, Swami would come and distribute mm. personally. So, if you're lucky, right in front, you will get it. So, this boy happened to be in front, and he got that special prasadam. So, me and few of my classmates were sitting behind, and we were just seeing this boy. Swami just gave the prasadam and just turned and walked. Immediately, he opened it and he started sharing it with the people behind him who did not get. Mm. Mm. and it happened so naturally you know he was doing it so naturally and we could see that beginning of the year what he was mm-hmm. and at the end of the year i think when swami is constantly saying this you know the concern for others you think of others and that is really the fulfillment in life and another very beautiful incident which uh, one of the teachers were sharing uh, apparently once when swami was in the balcony in the tri bandavan and swami was uh, giving prasadam that got uh, apples to swami So Swami picked up one apple, and that was again after one of Swami's falls, and Swami was not keeping quite well. So Swami lifted one of the apples, and it was quite heavy. Okay, and Swami put it back. So the teacher who was holding the thing, he said, "Oh, maybe Swami is not able to lift it. Swami is feeling so weak." And immediately Swami looked at him, and Swami said, "Adhikar the bangaru." He said, "Not that. See, the apples are quite heavy. I can't throw it from here. Mm. Somebody might get hurt." hurt. You know oh. that level of all the time thinking about thinking others. about others. Wow! Right. In fact, uh, in no other incidents it really comes out as powerfully as his visit to Hatshi. Mm-hmm. And when you know, Swami wanted to see the fields, so when he went for a round, and on his way back he saw these huge Shamiana tents, and he asked the hosts in mm-hmm. uh, Hatshi, "What are these tents mm-hmm. uh, for?" And they said, "Swami, this is for prasad." He was so happy. He said, "You are serving prasad to all my devotees," and that evening he specially called all the family members of the ho- uh, who hosted that visit, and they all sat on his table. And then he made the statement. He said, "Prime ministers, presidents, heads of countries, they want this opportunity to sit with me on a dining table, and they have not got it. 
but i am giving this to you and i am not at all hungry i am so full hmm. i am in bliss because you have served my devotees you so thrilled you so happy he says i there's no hunger i'm so full i feel so complete reminds me of a very beautiful incident how do you manage the situation when you have two people and you have to think of the concern of both <laughs> groups okay. you know <laughs> the narrating this incident when uh, swami was going to kode i think going or coming back from kode swami was driving through this place karur and all of these swami used to go by road those times so apparently in one of those villages they had erected a huge shamyana and devotees were sitting and doing bhajans and there was one person apparently who had arranged for this whole thing and he had kind of understood what swami would really look for because none of them was were on the side of the road or anything all of them were seated under this thing and you know some of them outside in the sun also but all of them seated without you know moving around or coming near the road and sitting and doing bhajans so swami came that said as soon as he saw this gathering of you know people so disciplinedly sitting there swami said hey, i have to go there <laughs> right, uh. you know so swami went there and then uh, swami sat there for some time they had kept a chair for swami and then swami called this person who had arranged for this thing and swami asked him to speak okay this person was in his ecstatic mode so he seems he went on and on and on and he wouldn't stop mm. okay so swami was here he had to acknowledge the devotion of this person mm. But Swami was seeing that there were a lot of people who were sitting in the sun. It mm. was sometime two o'clock in the afternoon. Mm. Okay, and this person is not stopping. So <laughs> Swami, what he did, he got up, he waved his hand, and materialized a huge sugar candy, <laughs> <laughs> and went and stuffed it in that person's mouth. <laughs> <laughs> he said, you know, called him and gave it to him, and then Swami came back, and in the kora, you know, Swami was saying that, see what to do. that person was speaking with so much love i couldn't disappoint him mm. but you know people are sitting in the sun i couldn't uh, bear that too <laughs> mm. so what do you do when you want to stop somebody from speaking gag the mouth <laughs> <laughs> done in a very sweet manner <laughs> right absolutely you know without uh, hurting either party <laughs> right yeah then of course after this part where swami speaks about uh, the upanishads being applicable for worldly as well as this is a very powerful statement yeah, sami makes you know yes. that to believe in god while rejecting <coughs> the world is also narrow mindedness he continues to say that a search for god we would be helpless in it without the aid of the world he says we are able to enquire and conclude as what is true because the world is present for observation it is like precisely saying the same thing that we were uh, you know concluding the last time that essentially the world is like your laboratory mm. right so all these truths like swami used to emphasize the truths are inherent in you it's like we are not trying to learn something new it's educare means that these the values this this deep knowledge is already within us mm-hmm. and so the world is that laboratory where you it tests you right or you test yourself <laughs> right. as to whether exactly. these to what extent you can express no right. these right. these truths mm-hmm. and mm. and given the background that you're already that divinity right right and it's it's Actually, like you're you know i was uh, <coughs> going through a small uh, write up on mm. on truth you know spoken truth mm. and what do various scriptures speak about that because we know that truth does not necessarily mean only the spoken truth but at the same time it doesn't mean that you can that is excused to say the lies then the the author of that article goes into a description of dharma and all of that and he writes in that you know how much dharma changes when someone's life is in danger 
Mm. Okay. Okay. So he says, if somebody else's life is in danger, if the person who's ha- who's having to speak it, his life is in danger, right? You know, it changes so much, and that's why you know he writes a very beautiful piece in that he says, that's because of the importance that human life has. Mm-hmm. You know, even if you're the highest of a of a spiritual person, mm. you don't give up the importance there is in the human life. Mm. Because right. what can be learned through the human experience, as you were saying, what can be learned and acquired by living in the world mm. is so precious. Mm. Right. And they say that all scriptures actually, you know, have a lot of emphasis on that. Never Very forget good. that, and that's why, you know, I think there is a concept of apad dharma. They say mm. when someone's life is in danger, the way the dharma is to be followed is completely different. Oh, okay. But only problem is we are scared all the time. <laughs> you know, we are scared for life. at every situation every in life and that skews our idea of dharma all the time there's a very interesting part in manusmriti they give a, a situation when someone in his life is in danger and the decoit comes and asks you and you know where that person is but you should not tell hmm. oh. then he says that don't say anything say hmm so if by saying hmm it will confuse you know <laughs> say something else try to be as truthful as possible but if the truth is going to give rise to even doubt then try to avoid it and where silence can be used to use silence In fact, I think Swami used to give a even more resourceful answer, right? You recall Swami used to say in such a situation, what you could say is that you know the right. eyes which saw they cannot speak, <laughs> speak yeah. and the tongue which can speak it has not seen. So, <laughs> and, and, uh, I think one of the teachers were once saying, hmm. Swami had told in their interaction with them, if you speak one word, it's too little. If you speak two words, it's too many. Hmm. Swami said you should speak in between. my god and that only swami knows mm. you know it's almost suggesting that unless you reach the state of you know mental balance from which you know swami operates mm. you will never know that perfect balance right yes. so the whole idea of this you know trying to understand life and going into uh, you know that spiritual state of elevated state Mm. is to come from that level of balance and speak that one and a half words thing right <laughs> it's mm. it's amazing because you know he used to call that as nak yoga oh really <laughs> nak yoga okay. annit okay. ki nak kavalta nak yes. you should have that yukti yukti is right. yeah. yes in fact i remember very clearly one of those days he's standing on the veranda with his hands in the back mm-hmm. and he's saying boys uh, how many types of yoga are there <laughs> so swami ashtanga yoga eight types patanjali mm-hmm. nine types ninth is nak yoga <laughs> that is most important annitke oka nak undali there should be a yukti should be a way of doing it means nak not in a different sense but, sense but in but in a sense of uh, not hurting anybody in a sense of not uh, putting anybody down the walking the you know fine edge right? exactly <laughs> you know one interesting incident i recall at this point is apparently the, the samukos was on and uh, one of the guest speakers swami would say that strictly 45 minutes maximum for one hour for each speaker and this speaker wouldn't stop <laughs> he went on for one and a half hours and swami was in the audience Okay, and Swami came back and he was furious. He said, "This is not right, and this should not be allowed." And he comes back and he called the vice chancellor and said, "You know, you should never allow this." And Swami went inside the interview room and got a bell. <laughs> <laughs> he said, "At the end of forty-five minutes, you ring the bell and ask the person to stop." Okay, uh-huh. you know what? What will be the example you will set to the students and mm. all of that? Mm. Swami has this discussion, comes out. The speaker of the day is waiting for his blessings. <laughs> Okay, and so the moment Swami says, "Wow, Bangaru, it was very nice," and mm. all that, Swami says, "You spoke well." Mm. 
So this person says, Swami, when can I give another talk? Uh-huh. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Swami, you know, very, very beautifully patted him on his back and said, everybody has to get a chance, Bangaru. <laughs> you know, the ability to yeah. you know, not hurt. Of course, it's not that Swami <coughs> did not have sharp words when it was needed. Right? Yeah. You know, as students, we've received that also. When you need that reprimand at the right time, uh, one of the old devotees was sharing you know, Swami is like that Swami used to tell I am like the mother elephant which walks into the forest with a baby elephant mm-hmm. Swami would say the baby elephant is between the four legs of the mother elephant mm. um. Okay, and that's how protective the mother elephant is if the baby elephant tries to stray away gets one kick from the right leg <laughs> <laughs> tries to stray away to the left one from the left leg Swami but that's what Swami also said that Hakkundira I have that right over you that's why I take the liberty of correcting you yes i won't go to the street and stand and then correct somebody or shout at somebody there yeah. i have that right over you so i take that i take that liberty, liberty of correcting you very beautiful very beautiful of course uh, that was very evident when <laughs> he told one of the boys who tried singing a bhajan at kodekanal mm-hmm. swami came <laughs> you stick to speaking. That is your USP in your <laughs> specialty. I think <laughs> speak obligingly at its best. I think. <laughs> so I think Swami would sometimes say that you sing very well, sing in your heart. <laughs> Swami will listen. I mean, when you talk of spirituality, you think that it's only the feelings which matters. It's only the devotion, the bhava which matters. But Swami would be very strict about that when it comes to the bhajan group. Swami would say, mm. You sing with Raga and Tala, the devotees will have exactly. the bhava. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's In no fact, excuse for the effort. This beautiful thing comes to my mind. This is in the life of a very popular Hindustani singer. And she actually lost her voice for many years. Because for a singer, the voice is her only thing that matters mm-hmm. in her entire life. life. Mm-hmm. And she lost her voice. And for a very long time, several years actually, mm-hmm. and everybody in the music industry and, and the you know music lovers all over the world thought that's the end of her career, and her own family thought what will happen to her, and in that interview she so beautifully says, "Till now I was singing aloud for the Lord, I thought He has given me an opportunity to sing within," and she said, "Every day I sang for Him within me." Every day I sang within me and I was sure that I'm going to get my voice back. And sure enough, after quite a few years, I'm not sure if it is five to six years, Mm -hmm. she actually lost her voice and she just got back her voice again. And she started performing again. And she (laughs) said, uh, this is because I sang for the Lord within me. I was telling the Lord all the time that these seven notes I have serviced and I've worshipped them with all my heart. Will they leave me? <laughs> and she said, I have worshipped them with so much of love and I've, you know, dedicated my life to them. I'm sure they won't leave me. I used to always sing for you outside. Now you want me to sing within myself for you. So that was her experience. Mm-hmm. And somehow, you know, that conviction, that that surety, when you go with without that doubt, Samshayatma, without that doubt, things happen. Actualization of what Swami used to say, right? That all your talents, all your skills, mm-hmm. and they should only be directed in the service of God. Right. Right. I, I, I mean, you can clearly mm-hmm. see that this incident actually portrays 
like how sacred it is you know the talents that god gives us and how they must be used back in his service in whatever way he commands right then the last part of that clip which we played again is a very beautiful part yeah. where you know these uh, disciples go to this mm. maharishi and ask him this very profound question and he says that yeah i would love to give you the answer but the answer will be of no use to you if you're not prepared enough mm. at the end of the day probably the answer is going to be something which we have spoken 100 times in yeah. you know shravanamannam aham atma brahma or you know aim atma brahma or aham brahmasmi or something but to listen to it that one time and for that word to make a difference i think it takes lifetimes of preparedness because i used to always think you know the, the bhajan which we sing uh take the name of the lord once and he will come mm. you know one wonder you know we sing every day morning mm. and evening we sing <laughs> but what is this call once and he will come mm. probably it takes lifetimes of you know preparation to make that one call one true right. call right. till then it's only practice in your bathroom in fact in the <laughs> upanishad uh, you know while coming to this episode uh, actually the sage he mentions that i want you to live with the following he says you should live with tapas right penance then he says brahmacharya and shraddha with that dedication in fact uh, when as reading this and i saw that word brahmacharya which we commonly understand as being celibate but swami had a very has a much stronger criterion mm-hmm. i remember in a discourse in trai he said lot of you think it's just about being celibate but look at the word itself he says brahmachari the charistu untundi the mm-hmm. mind it keeps revolving around brahman so it's not just you know being celibate your mind should be constantly immersed in that question of like what is brahman who am i you know those things should keep pestering you mm-hmm. and that's when you know that the true questions spring out right then not the superficial in ones. fact you know in brahmacharya I, i think i was sharing with saiprakash earlier also swami tells in a discourse mm. even the practical brahmacharya swami defines it mm. as different for different people mm. he's saying it's not purely celibate right. celibacy yeah Swami was telling in the discourse that even a, a grihastha can yes practice brahmacharya hmm. he becomes a brahmachari when he is in the company of other women hmm. correct yes. right and that's a beautiful definition of it because swami says that you know uh, the four qualities satya asteya parigraha and yes. you know brahmacharya and that it comes swami says if you if you have these qualities it's good enough you will you know you can make the entire journey hmm. at that time swami says it doesn't mean that those who are married those who are into a family life are not allowed to take to the spiritual path mm. so i may say that the same brahmacharya takes a different meaning, meaning when it comes to their lives very good mm. when the sage is telling the students that you know wait for some time in the ashram mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm just imagining swami going around in the darshan line saying wait 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 <laughs> you know people who try to give letter wait wait and then somebody you know with a lot of emotion swami you know no, no. hey stunt stunt chakra stunt <laughs> you know that was a typical word swami is this is all a stunt stunt devotion don't give me your stunt devotion you have real devotion <laughs> when you have real devotion swami will respond like some people you know they have more emotion than devotion and then swami says that is all stunt all stunt 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 wait wait <laughs> the other interesting thing which struck me is you know initially swami says Uh, when these people come and ask you know, swami says that they've become jignasas mm. you know that are driven by their uh, quest for spiritual wisdom they come and swami says that not all of them have this i think later in the discourse swami says that mm. not everybody have this quest okay and swami would say that you know uh, socrates example right 
he says unless you want wisdom like you want air when you're under water mm-hmm. you don't deserve it so at one hand you're asked to have that kind of restlessness and craving for knowledge on the other hand you said be patient mm. <laughs> right and that's what the rishi says it's going to take some time you know follow all these four principles stay in the ashram be patient you know swami in the later part he says haste makes way ways and mm. you should be patient patience is what prepares you for everything one end you have to have that burning desire to want it mm. i think if you don't have that desire you're not going to be patient right right because how will you leave up give up everything for one year and wait for this one thing mm. right so you should have that kind of focus and uh, you know eagerness to find it but with that patience the ability to sit and wait till it comes mm. as uh, you know one of uh, one of our teachers used to say that's what shirdi baba used to ask he say shraddha and saburi mm. shraddha is that burning desire and yearning to know saburi is patience patience right <laughs> and and i think like he wants the students to go through that one year of churning so that finally they ask the right question ask the right right <laughs> hopefully the next time around we'll be able to speak about what that question is and then we'll delve into right uh, because the answer is might take one year to come but <laughs> 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 i think we will go into that next week itself right right so we complete the story so sir prakash thank you for joining us and uh, yeah wonderful to have you again so next time again when you're here <laughs> we'll hope to continue this So that dear listeners brings us to the end of this week's Shravanam Mananam Nadhyasanam. We offer this effort at Swami's lotus feet. Thank you for joining us. Jai Sai Ram. Sai Ram You just heard an episode of our radio series Shravanam Mananam Nidityasanam Listen reflect and absorb This is a segment that is hosted live on Thursdays at 7:30 p.m. by Prem from Radio Sai and Hari Shankar from Sri Satya Sai Central Trust only on Asia Stream of Radio Sai Global Harmony Today's episode was first broadcast live on 11th August 2016 The discourses undertaken for study in this program are from the series of discourses delivered as part of the summer course in Indian Culture and Spirituality 1991 To listen to the next part of this program tune in same time next week Dear listeners please do write to us and let us know what you think about this program by writing to listener@radiosai.org Thank you and loving Sairam from Prashanti Nilayam.